Good morning, and um, it's good to be with you. And if you have your Bibles, please turn with me to Psalm 130. Psalm 130, starting to read at verse 1. Out of the depths I cry to you, Lord. Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to my cry for mercy. If you, Lord, kept the record of sins, Lord, who could stand? But with you there is forgiveness, so that we can, with reverence, serve you. I wait for the Lord. My whole being waits, and in his word I put my hope. I wait for the Lord. More than watchmen wait for the morning. More than watchmen wait for the morning. Israel, put your hope in the Lord, for with the Lord is unfailing love, and with him is full redemption. He himself will redeem Israel from their sins. Let's pray. Our Father, we thank you again for this short time that we can gather around your word, and we ask that by the power of your Holy Spirit you will open these words up to us, that we might understand them better, that we might be able to apply them to our own lives. And our Father, we thank you for these things, and we thank you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, this psalm, Psalm 130, I've titled it for this morning, Put Your Hope in the Lord. And I want us to look at this psalm, a psalm that would be sung by the faithful on their way to the temple in Jerusalem to meet with the Lord. Again, it's a psalm of ascents. The psalm itself is a journey. It's a journey from despair to deliverance, and it starts with the cry for help from a man who seems to be drowning. So in verse 1, we hear, Out of the depths I cry to you, Lord. So this man is out of his depth. He needs help. He knows that he cannot help himself. So he cries out to the Lord. Why does he cry out to the Lord? Well, it's because he knows the Lord is the only one who can help him. This is the cry of a penitent sinner, a person who sees that in the eyes of God, his life is not right. You know, I'm reminded of the words from a hymn. The hymn is Love Lifted Me by James Rowe. And these are the words I was thinking of. I was sinking deep in sin, sinking to rise no more, overwhelmed by guilt within. Mercy I did implore. Then the master of the sea heard my despairing cry. Christ my Saviour lifted me. Now safe am I. You know, many people think that they are good enough for God. And their hope is in that on that final day, as they stand in the presence of God, that they will be accepted by him on the grounds of what they have done and on the grounds of that good life that they claim to have lived. This psalmist does not think like that. He's not saying to God, look how good I am. He's saying to God, look how bad I am. Listen to how the prophet Isaiah puts it in these words. These words that 
the travellers on the way to worship at Jerusalem would have been familiar with. It's Isaiah 64, verse 6. All of us have sinned. Oh, let me repeat that again. All of us have become like one who is unclean. And all our righteousness acts are like filthy rags. We all shrivel up like a leaf, and like the wind, our sins sweep us away. So it's our sin that takes us into death. And also, any righteous act that we think we might have, in the eyes of God, it is just like filthy rags. And this is how the Apostle Paul puts it. This is in Romans 3, verse 23. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. You know, in a world that wants equality, here it is in 12 words. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So we come to the words of the psalmist in verse 2. Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to my cry for mercy. Notice that cry for mercy. This man is asking for mercy from God because he knows that he can never be good enough. He knows the depths of his guilt and he needs God to be merciful towards him. So he comes to verse 3 as he continues, If you, Lord, keep a record of sins, Lord, who could stand? I wonder how we would feel if someone said to us that they have kept a record of everything that we have done and every thought that we have had over the last two weeks and that they were going to put it on Facebook. If they did, I wonder if we would be able to look anyone in the face and not be ashamed. You know, God knows more than just the last two weeks of our lives. He knows our every thought and he sees our every action. And the psalmist looks at his life and sees that just by being who he is and by his nature, he has wronged God. He knows that if God kept the record of his life, he would not be able to stand in the presence of God. And he is honest enough to recognize that nobody could. That's quite a, a chilling thought. But he goes on in verse 4. But with you there is forgiveness so that we can, with reverence, serve you. You know, some of our Bibles put that phrase, with reverence, serve you, as that you may be feared. But that's what fearing God means. It means to revere God, to recognize who God is, and then to serve him because of who he is. That word, but, it's a good word that it tells us that there is hope, and our hope is in a forgiving God. And the psalmist knows that God has forgiven him. As do those who are singing this song on the way to serve with reverence the God who is a forgiving God as they approach Jerusalem and as they sing this song together. You know, the psalmist at this point in his psalm has completed his spiritual journey from despair to deliverance, from sin to salvation. 
but his journey is not over. Verse 5. I wait for the Lord, my whole being waits, and in his word I put my hope. See, there's more for the psalmist to hope for. He has salvation. He's been forgiven. And he's waiting for his Lord. He is waiting to be with his Lord. How does he wait? Well, verse 6. I wait for the Lord more than watchmen wait for the morning. More than watchmen wait for the morning. You see, his anticipation of seeing his Lord is greater than that of the watchman who, when the dawn breaks, knows that the dark night is over and the safety of the light of day has arrived. And the psalmist wants others to share that hope that he has in the Lord. And so in verse 7, we have a call for the reader, for the listener, to put their hope in the Lord. He's crying out to his nation. Verse 7, Israel, put your hope in the Lord. For the Lord is unfailing love, and with him is full redemption. You see, the psalmist knows this to be true. Put your hope in the Lord. Experience his unfailing love and know the fullness of being redeemed. If you've never done this, you know, the offer is here for you this morning. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. It's he and only he who can do it. And it's not a maybe, it's a promise that is true. Verse 8, he himself will redeem Israel from all their sins. This reminds me of Acts 4 verse 12. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. You know, I titled this psalm at the beginning, Put Your Hope in the Lord. And you might have noticed by now how, how, how often the word hope has appeared in what we have been saying this morning and what we've been reading. You know, when we want something to happen, we might wish for it, we might hope for it. Hope is part of our nature. You know, we often say, I hope that it doesn't rain today. Or, I hope that my job interview will go well. Sometimes our hope is just a faint hope. Sometimes we can build our hopes up. Most people are hoping that with the way things are going... We will soon be back to a degree of normality. Our hope is in the, the, the results of the, the vaccination program, the results of this COVID being dealt with. And we hope that we will soon return to a degree of normality. But whatever our hopes are, they are dependent on outside circumstances. But as a believer this morning, some of our hopes that are dependent on what God might do, it is his will whether some of our hopes are fulfilled in the way that we would like them, whether they are fulfilled or not in the way we want. But whatever the outcome, our dependence is on him and our trust is in him. Some of our hopes are dependent on what God 
has done. And as a believer, some of our hopes are dependent on what God is still to do. I want us just to consider these three things as we close this morning. As we remember the words of the psalmist, in his word, I put my hope. That's verse verse 5. So our hope in what God might do. The Bible very often speaks of a farmer, so a farmer sows seed, and he waits patiently in the hope that God will send the right type of weather, the good weather. And that's so that if that happens, his life will be a lot easier, and he can then eventually enjoy the fruits of his harvest. But it is in God's hands whether the weather is rain, sun, or snow. So we wait on the Lord. Romans twelve nine to thirteen. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor, serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope. Patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. You see, you might hope that the day will be sunny. And it's not, and it rains. But we're told to be joyful in the hope that we had. Be patient. It is in the Lord's hands. So that is our hope in what God might do. What about our hope that's in what God has done? Well, he has sent his son, Jesus, who has paid the price for our sin. So our hope is in the certainty that this has happened. Let's go to Hebrews 10, verse 19 to 23. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, opened for us through the curtain, that is, his body. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. His promise that the Messiah would come, that the Redeemer would come, has been fulfilled. So we have a hope in what God has done and our hope is in the death and resurrection of Jesus. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who promised is faithful. 1 John 1 verse 9 If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. So, Our hope in what God might do. Our hope is in what God has done. And our hope is in what God is still to do. You see, our hope 
is in the certainty of the promise that Jesus will return and take his people home to glory. Let's just listen to Romans 8 verse 24 and 25. For in this hope we are saved. That's what God has done. But hope that is seen is no hope at all. You see, we already have that. Who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not have, but if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. What hope is this? Revelation 22 verse 7. Look, I am coming soon. Blessed is the one who keeps the words of the prophecy written on the scroll. Our hope is in the certainty of the fact that Jesus will return. That is still to happen. Let's just finish with Romans 15 verse 4. For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us so that through the endurance taught in the scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. This is why we can come confidently this morning to the Old Testament. We come to this psalm, Psalm 130, and we can see what the psalmist said. We can look at the words that he said, and we can draw from that the gospel. For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us so that through the endurance taught in the scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. So there's our title this morning. And one of the verses, or part of the verses, in his word I put my hope. And you know this morning, our hope is in his word. Father, we just ask you to bless us this morning as we've gathered around your word. And just remind us of the hope we have in you. And remind us of that great hope that is still to happen. That day when you will return. And when we will be caught up to be with you. Our Father, we just ask your blessing upon us this morning. As we consider these things in your presence. And we come in the name of Jesus. Amen.